Okay, real quick before we get started, most of the value that I give away besides my podcast is on my website, and it's been brought to my attention that I don't say this enough, so I'm going to say it at the beginning of the podcast before we get started. CoachCoreyK.com. Um, I talk a lot about how to run a retail route business, um, why I run it, uh, how to make the most money doing it, how to grow your business doing it. So if you want more of that information or, or are interested in that, go to my website at coachcoreyk.com. I have a video called The Day in the Life you can download. I have a free PDR sales guide. And this year in 2021, I'll be adding a lot more information. So go uh, go get that stuff. Have your email in my email list. So when I release anything new, you are the first to know about it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest named Tom Poland. He is from Indianapolis, Indiana, and his company name is Midwest Auto Dent Repair. He has journeyed through every aspect of PDR, starting on the hail side of things and now opening up his first retail shop just last week. Tom also believes in himself and where he's going and is one of my clients as well. Today, we talk about the good and the bad through his PDR journey. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Tom. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Just a lot of work. A lot, a lot of work. work, man. Starting the shop last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Not a lot of pain work, but uh, soon. a lot soon. of work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always like to start just because I'm interested in it and I know others are. How did you find this weird little niche that we're all in? I did custom car audio video for about like 12 years. One of the, the custom speed shops that I used to work for, uh, there was a small hailstorm. And um, somebody came in and, and rented a bay from us. And um, he watched me doing all my fiberglassing and intricate wiring. And he, he just, he said, if you're ever tired of this, give me a call. <laughs> so like two or three years later, I uh, was leaving another shop and was just tired. And literally the day I quit, within a couple hours of me quitting, I got a random call from him in Tennessee had been hailed on and he's like are you ready to try this and i said well (laughs) i guess timing is everything so i sold all of my tools i sold my car and got dropped off in nashville and started following him around yeah that's crazy man so i I, that that is i actually had heard that story you told me that a couple weeks ago and that's actually crazy how how the world can work like that sometimes, right? Like you quit your job. You're like, fine, I'm finally ready to move on and do something else. And did you have a plan? Were you planning on doing something else or? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I, I've done so many different trades. I know how to do plumbing, drywall. Like I know how to do so much stuff because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just like trying new things. Yeah. Um, but uh, I had no plan. I just knew I wasn't going to work. Yeah. I wasn't going to work for that dude anymore. And, uh, everything he was moving and I helped him move all his crap and he had his shop shut down for like two or three weeks and I helped him move all his stuff and he was going to pay me to do nothing for two or three weeks. And I was like, you know what? This is the perfect time. He doesn't need to pay me. And it gives him two or three weeks to find someone new. And it's just, 
we're not happy where we're at. Yeah. So I just knew something had to come and I, I'm a firm believer if I can kind of listen to myself occasionally is that you just, if you're open to things and say yes to new things, it's, it's hard to do all the time, but some stuff just, the timing is just ridiculously weird mm -hmm. of how stuff just like timing, like you're thinking about somebody, they call you, yeah. you, you know, like yeah. really weird stuff happens. And yeah, that one just came just from left field. Like <laughs> just like no changes way. your whole life almost in the, in the one, in the one phone call situation, potentially. I mean, that set you on the path to where you are today. What you said 12 years ago or no, you yeah. were doing well, that for 12 uh, years. 10, 10 years ago. 10 years yeah, ago, I was doing yeah. that for 12 years, about yeah. 10 years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like now, um, especially on the hail trail, one phone call can change yeah. your life. Like it can period. Mm -hmm. So really That's crazy true. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We could go deep in that. I mean, I, I like the mindset space and all the, that type of stuff. And, and you, you wonder how much, you know, how much there is to that some science or, you know, I've heard people talk about energy or like vibrations. I don't know how far I'll down that road I'll go, but, but there is definitely something to it. You think about somebody, they call you or you're like, I really want to make this happen. And all of a sudden it was easier than it ever has been or whatever. It's in, that's interesting stuff. So, so you go straight into the guy called you said, Hey, it hailed. Um, do you want to come learn how to do this thing or not? <laughs> and so you just drive to a hailstorm and then what? Start fixing dents day one? Probably not. Oh, I don't know. So basically just stripping apart cars, mm -hmm. uh, finding finding him new massage parlors. Um, finding him? Wait, uh, what? <laughs> he, he basically just having me be a gopher. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he would he would try to track down work, um, and, and he was successful in his own way, enough mm -hmm. to stay busy, enough to, to pay all his stuff, but it was a, a really weird setup, honestly. And, uh, so yeah, I got down there, uh, hottest year Tennessee had had, and I think still has had, it was 114 degrees, 110 degrees in his trailer that we were sleeping in, Ooh. uh, like at, at midnight, 110 yeah, degrees the inside the trailer. Like it was insane. So yeah, I was just stripping cars around, bouncing around from every small town. It was like, it was towards the end of the storm. So yeah. now knowing what I know now versus what I didn't know back then, yeah. he had went around and picked up all the body shops that weren't happy or that, uh, the, the techs were leaving. And so, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it was a couple cars here a week, a couple cars there a week, a lot of running around. So mm -hmm. me, I was just driving around from town to town to town, trip, stripping cars apart uh, and putting them back together. Yeah. I mean, you know how to do that though, by, by installing, you know, speakers, you can yeah. take, you can take anything apart back together. Take, yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. apart, um, which has, is handy in, in storms because most dent techs are scared to take apart cars. Yeah. Yeah. Scared. And then obviously you, you, I mean, and then also you want to get to a point to where you don't have to, Oh, but, absolutely. but if you can, it helps. Yeah. 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 I mean, waiting on a shop to come take a headlight out for you Yeah. for two hours yeah. to slow you down. So like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not a prissy like dent yeah. tech where like I'm going to stop if somebody doesn't take it apart, I'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. If, especially if it takes five minutes. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay. So first storm, 
you know, you got your feet wet, I guess, kind of, did you, did you even put a hand on a tool or were you just, you were just around the dent repair? It was just around it. Yeah. So we left there and then we went to Wichita for a week, which was, uh, uh, you know, we went, we went up to Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Um, and I started, uh, learning some glue pulling. So the, there's, there's like a couple things I'll credit the dude with. Uh, one is getting me into the industry. Two yeah. is having me start glue pulling first and learning with a blending hammer. Mm. And this was before like 10 years ago, even yeah. trying to blend. Yeah. And so he, he pretty much said, if you can learn how to knock these down with a blending hammer, you'll be ahead of everybody else. It'll be easy with a hammer tapper for sure. So I started learning how to actually knock down most of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with glue pulling with uh, a blending hammer, nice uh, the old uh, dent craft, super Just, yeah, cheap you know mm-hmm. like nothing special. Um, and I I had no clue what I was doing, but that's where I started. And so yeah, I mean he 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 really did have the foresight to say that blending is the future if you can do it correctly. So. Yeah, I'll give him that one. <laughs> yeah, so you were you so, just worked for him for like an hourly wage or what? Were you getting commission on a car? So he paid me five hundred bucks a week. Yeah, five hundred bucks. Whatever a week, yeah. I did. Yeah. And then uh, as I started pushing, he was still keeping me at five hundred bucks a week. Yeah, for a little while. Was getting yeah. a little, getting a little crazy. Yeah. Um, and that the end of our 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 ordeal, but pretty much. So he he kind of showed me a couple things on on glue pulling and I'd watch over him and it was yeah. just me trying and then for pushing we got back to Indianapolis for it was winter time and he basically said here's some shitty cars here's some tools if you have questions give me a call so I learned a thousand ways not to push it down I, yeah. you know I glue pulled it up and tapped it down I lifted it up and then glue pulled it and then I like I went around like so many different ways of not to do it and figured out but it, it helped me start to see how the metal moved mm-hmm. without being told how it was yeah it would have been nice to be told a little well yeah little i mean bit. yeah that's that's the learning curve right i mean we've talked about this on other episodes and i think it's pretty common knowledge now like you can learn how to do this pdr thing yourself there's youtube videos there's some decent training websites dent trainer rwo things like that and you can learn it but but if you want to reduce that learning curve down to a significantly less time, have somebody stand over your shoulder and tell you, right? I mean, yeah. Huge. For sure. The way Mike and um, Jim and Jim, Jim Mitchell, um, the, the way they actually like talk about Mm -hmm. it. I mean, they're so different, you know, Mike's so smooth. He's Mm -hmm. like a jazz band Mm -hmm. and then Mitchell's more like a heavy metal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But uh they Great both, description. You know, if, you, if you listen to them, mm. I mean, they just, at, at different points of your learning, yeah. what they say triggers in your head and you see the dent differently. Yeah. And yeah. I figured that out on my own and mm-hmm. it, it took longer, but man, yeah, if I had somebody in my ear or showing me yeah. those little things, it would have half the time, half the time yeah. to learn. Easily, for sure. Yeah. So you end up back in Indianapolis and you do hail there or you run on the hail trail for a long time until just recently, basically. So I followed him around for two years, pretty much. We we separated just at about the two year mark. So Mm -hmm. our deal was I followed him for two years. I learned how to push. He'd give me a set of tools and I could keep working with him or I could go on my own. Yeah. We got out to, we got out to rapid city, South Dakota, all kinds of crazy shit went down. Um, but I met a lot of great techs mm-hmm. and 
we had five different techs in town at different shops and we all ended up getting together. He kind of pissed all of us off at the same time. And then um, we decided with uh, another tech saying, Hey, it's time for you to leave. You know, it's time for you to start actually pushing. You can do this. Mm -hmm. You need to start making, you need to start pushing and making money. Yeah. And they talked to him and he came to me and said, Hey, I think we need to quit. So I didn't get my free tools. <laughs> and so he offered to sell me a set of tools, which was all a bunch of crap for 2,700 bucks. And um, so I said, yes. And he's like, I need it paid in a month. And I was like, $2,700. I have nowhere to 2,000 bucks a month. Right. Well, a week. through him. Yeah. 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 And um, so I was in South Dakota with a motorcycle. I yeah. finally, you know, I'd made enough and I bought a motorcycle. We were out there and I sold it. And uh, well, I eventually sold it. But uh, so when we split, me and him weren't really talking. So the, the uh, Brad Levi, he's an awesome dude out there. I can't mm -hmm. remember the name of his shop right now. Um, but uh, he let me sleep in the back office until I made enough money to afford a $650 a month awesome lodge up on the hill in Rapid overlooking the whole town. It's so nice. awesome. Um, and I stayed out there for seven months total. And that's really, really where I cut my teeth. Yeah. But I bought, I got those tools off of them. And then, then the other techs came around. They're like, this is all crap. You're like, so I just like, spent every dollar I had to buy this shit. Well, I didn't even know. I, I didn't have anything. So he's like, pay me in a month. Oh, period. Oh, oh. Yeah. So you can have these tools. And then, so that first week, the other techs went to him and said, hey, man, you just screwed him. Like completely screwed him with all your extra used tools. And he's like, I tell you what, I'll buy him back. I said, cool. The shop owner said, use my credit cards, buy everything you need. So I, I called fucking Anson, <laughs> uh, a, Anson A1 um, uh, Pro PDR Solutions. And I just, I dumped seven grand on a credit card. Yeah. And just ordered everything that I knew that I liked from all the other techs. Yeah, yeah. I was working around. And, a, you know, quick pinch. And I was like, well, screw it. If I'm going to do it, I'm just yeah. going to get it, yeah. you know? And um, so I got all that stuff in. And then I, I made enough money to pay him back and buy an old-ass Tahoe two-wheel drive out in the middle of snow country. It was a really smart purchase. Um, and I, I loaded all his stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it was a very steep downhill. Yes. Uh, so I loaded it all up and took it over to where he was working. He says, oh, man, I don't need that stuff anymore. So I had two sets of tools. I had $10,000 worth of tools when I'm used to making, you know, 20 something, $30,000 a year. Yeah. And I had just acquired $10,000 in bills in no time. So. All right. Talk, talk about, let's go a little deeper, deeper into that too. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Relationships with people is huge. Mm -hmm. Obviously the techs that were supporting you, their shop owner that said, Hey dude, I'm assuming you said buy these tools and you will take it out of the cars yeah. you're fixing for me. Yeah. So, so how do, how do you create relationships like that? How do you, how do you focus on that in life? So you have people that support you and that will, you know, take risks on you to be perfectly honest. I mean, that's, you know, there's something there. Um, talk about that first. Well, it's, it's all about creating good relationships. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do coming back into Indy. I yeah. used to have great relationships and I was one call away from anything. Mm -hmm. Now I don't know anybody. Um, 
especially it's tough on the road because you have limited time to know who you can and can't trust. And I had seen most of these guys for the two years following that guy. Mm -hmm. And then this was the storm we were all kind of in. So I saw him a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there. And then we were all in Rapid City for, a, 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 you know, a few them a few months. And it's just, you can tell when people are talking or when they're honest. And it was always about, I, I'm just a firm believer. I, I'll piss you off, but I'm going to be honest. Because mm -hmm. I'd rather you know and be mad at me now than just, you know, whatever. So it was just a great connection with all of them. And we didn't ask anything from each other. It was like most great techs that you work around, it's not a fight of over like, oh, well, you did more panels than I did, or you did all the R and I, and I only did this. And like, there was never those fights between us. So is that, like, is hey, that a sign? Great money. Is that a key to look for in trying to build relationships, like trying to find people to build relationships with is how much are they asking of you or how much are they, are they like comparing what they're doing to you? Is that a, is that a quick way to tell? I think it's a tit for tat. I think anybody that really, so two types of business in here, you either have the person that will expect you to do your share. And normally they're the bigger money makers and they'll require you to really hold up your end. Or you have the people that understand that as long as it, you're both working, you're both doing something, paperwork, R and I, anything, as long as everybody's doing something, I mean, going and getting us both, lunch <laughs> yeah. whatever as long as we're both working towards the same goal we're both making the same money we're both making great money i mean yeah. what what other industry with no like college or anything can you make this kind of money in self-defined <laughs> you just can't find it's the fighting over that and it's the people that are worried about the couple hundred here a couple hundred there that it gets annoying and i mean it's I obviously, I don't have all of my stuff together, but if a couple hundred dollars ruins your life, you're, you're doing something wrong. You're, you know, like even a couple thousand dollars, it's not worth screwing somebody over to, for a couple grand, you know, yeah. it's about connections and mm -hmm. people remember that, you know, like, well, Tom just came over and helped me tear all this stuff apart. Didn't ask anything of me or shit. I was trying to get this finished and he knocked out the hood. Didn't even ask me for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those, that type of thing, like the hum, the hum, the humble, right. The being even a humble leader at times in those situations. I mean, again, like you said, a single relationship or a single phone call can make your entire year in, in, in a lot of places, but especially in this industry. So, you know, trading or even saying, Hey, there's, I'm going to do this because I want, I want to build a relationship with this guy. I want to help this guy. I want to know that he, I'm here to be a team player you know, you do a $500 worth of labor could turn into a 106 figure storm two years later. And you don't know that. Absolutely. I, the first storm, so leaving South Dakota, I got a call for this really, I, it would be a gravy storm now. For me. For, yeah. I got, so coming home is like, Hey, you want to stop up here? And I, I met this dude. I met all kinds of great people at that first storm. I still talked to half of them. Um, but like four years later or so, I get this random call from somebody. I always kind of kept him like in contact with him a few times a year, but I never asked anything. Like, yeah. hook me up with a storm. Hook me. I know you, this dude's like the fastest, like he's crazy. 
and he's super awesome guy and he, he will give you tips and like but he, he's he's <laughs> he's just crazy fast i get a random call to go out to a storm because he knows he needs somebody that doesn't need fed somebody that doesn't need fifteen thousand dollars a week somebody yeah. that can just come out and, and and knock stuff out so he hadn't seen me push in four years either so he was kind of surprised that i was keeping up <laughs> yeah that's uh but that was a connection I had made four years earlier and just kept in contact with them. You yeah. know, we, mm. I was at first storm, my first real professional storm is what I consider it after yeah. like training in South Dakota. And, uh, we just, every day we'd go out and get some food and smoke cigars and drink some whiskey and hang out. And then the next day go back to work. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's all about the connections mm. and the, and, and the one phone call. It really is that one phone call with the, the most money I, ever to this date had made on a storm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Just being man. available. Yeah. Something to, that's something to focus on. I think, um, for, for people that work with me, I think there's three different pillars or whatever you want to call it to running a su- successful business. And I think it's uh, time, everything I think can fall into these three areas, time relationships and value that you're providing. And I think relationships is a huge one. Um, and they all relate to each other, but I think that one is hugely important. How like I could talk about how relationships relates to time, how relationships relates to value provided, like you just talked about and stuff too. So super, super important. Definitely something to focus on in the hail world, in the retail world, um, in you know maybe the retail world. It's not with other techs, but it's with your dealers or it's with uh, certain clients in your area that have you know that own car places or have 20 cars or car collections or whatever it's all it's all the same same concepts different you know maybe applied in different ways um it's it's definitely a different uh in the retail yeah you do you run into somebody that is going to give you a couple grand yeah you know they have a few cars and a few things and somebody that only wants to give you a couple hundred dollars but it's really interesting that you'll fix one person's small dent and then all of a sudden they're just pushing everybody they know towards you. Yeah. Yeah. And we can, I mean, you can, you know, I've, I would say that one of the biggest things that I've learned that I try to, t- that I would tell people is especially building relationships in the retail side. Cause you have, that was great hail advice. Great hail advice. I don't do hail. Um, I've, I've never been on a hail storm. I mean, I've fixed hail cars, but I don't do hail storms, but so that's great advice for them. But for the retail side of people listening, um, you know, turn all of these customers that you can, as many of them you can into your own, into your salesman, essentially. So basically provide as much value to them as you can. Explain the process, show them how you do it, talk about why, talk about how hard it was to train, talk about why it's beneficial to save the factory paint. Like if you're going to sit there for an hour and work on someone's car and they're going to stand over your shoulder and watch you do it, which but I mean, there's a certain percentage of people that do that. Some just leave. They just like, Hey, fix my dent. I'm going to go work. Some will sit there and watch the whole time. Those are your people. Those are the people that can change your entire business. Like that one relationship could lead. And I have people like that. I have relationships with people that I don't even know how much money they made me over the years, but it's gotta be tens of thousands of dollars just because they, every time they tell somebody that, Oh, you got to call this guy, you got to this guy. It's good. You know, just cause I fixed, you know, a $250 dent while he sat there and watched. Um, that one's really interesting because you do have the one type of client that yeah. you, you fix the most simple dent for them, but mm-hmm. they really consider you as an artist. And yeah, that's, they, they just talk about you like you are mm-hmm. 
you know, super special, awesome. And they tell everybody. And then you have the other customer that you fixed the most blasted thing you've ever seen. And they're and like, they yeah, out, like, yeah, looks good. good. Nice. How much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's okay. I mean, some people are, fa- those people that come out and just be like, oh yeah, it looks good. I'm like, D- but did you even really look at it? Cause I just spent seven hours on the fucking thing. And you're just like, yeah, it's you want to see the picture of before? Yeah. yeah I should have, I should have left two hours ago. I don't even know what I was doing, you know, sitting here, but, but yeah, like I've heard a lot of people over the years get annoyed at people standing over their shoulder and watching and asking questions, all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's just, that's building relationship. That's turning this person into your biggest fan. Like when I see that, I'm just like, great. People always ask me, can I stay and watch? I'm like, please stay and watch because if they, and then I go into my concept, like how, why I fix the dent, why I do this, why I tap, how I learned, et cetera. And those people are just sit there just like, Oh my gosh, I was wondering why it was $300 to fix this dent. Now I really understand like, this is not just like, like a little popping out. It's not a plunger. Yeah. It's not dry eyes. Yeah. It's It's like a legitimate, like, acquired skill over many many years sometimes decades to get it to be this easy and to be able to talk the entire time that you're fixing the dent um you know i think just people are impressed by that and when you can impress somebody and fascinate somebody with their own car something that they're worried that i've never heard of it i'm scared i've like this is my dream car i spent all this money and then i've never this dude's gonna come out and like bang on it like all these things and they come out and they you look professional, you act professional, you talk professional, you do this. And they're just like, they're blown away. I I think that people just have a low standard for what the car business is about in general, whether it's a detail or a mechanical issue or whatever, they just have this perception of what they're going to get. But when you can just knock that perception completely out and show up as somebody who's like, doesn't fall into that automotive category like yeah here's what the price is and here's what i'm gonna do like you don't fall into that category i think that it just changes their entire perception about pr what do you think i think that works in almost every industry now we're so used to getting okay food Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and you pay for it (laughs) i'm just getting okay service oh yeah well this works well it works and i don't have time to really bitch about it yeah so i'll just deal with it so Mm -hmm. when you do get great service yeah. And, and a great product, it feels so much different. And that's, that's when, when the customer really appreciates how far you go for it, mm-hmm. um, it, it feels good. But so many people are just so used to just not expecting anything yeah. because they just get lit down by everybody. I can see that. I can see that. It's quite annoying. You know, yeah. like uh, I, I got my detailer here and, uh, he gave me some some shit because I was like, you know what really bugs me? He's like, a lot of shit bugs you. I'm like, well, it's it's because nobody has high expectations for anything anymore. Yeah. You yeah. should expect, if you're paying money, you should expect the best quality for something. Yeah. And that's what I want to be known for. Yeah. Is giving the highest value for your dollar and and really making people feel like, like that hard-earned money. And yeah. You know, their, their, their car that they're still making payments on for the next four years, you know, like it just, it, it feels different to me. I think, I think something I learned last year in this regard is like, I I don't use this word very much, but I've learned that I, I notice the word that I'm thinking about is fascination. I've noticed that when I can be fascinated with something or somebody, then I'm much more likely to pay attention to it. So I think about the story that like when planes like when planes were 
finally commercially available. Like you could just pay a couple hundred bucks and fly across the world. People used to like dress up in suits yeah. and ties to go on planes because it was like, it, it was a fast, it was fascinating. It was like un, almost unbelievable. You're like, hold on. So like a normal wage now people, it wasn't just for like million Rockefellers and whatnot. Like I could pay a couple hundred bucks or whatever it was at the time. I don't know. It was probably 20, 10, whatever. I don't know what the numbers were back when the plane started flying, but I could pay 10 bucks and fly to New York city or whatever. Like this is huge, like up in the air in a little steel tube and I'm not going to die from asphyxiation and I'm just going to get there. And like, like this is an event that I need to, and, and the fascination with that, like, to be honest, even for me, I'm like, yeah, planes, they fly. It's like, how do they fly? I don't fucking know. They just go up and computer. Right. But like the fascination goes away. So I think when I'm, when I'm dealing with somebody like that, I want, I want them to be like just fascinated with me, with the show that I'm putting on to some extent with the fact that this can even happen. Cause they've, ne- they've never seen this before. They've seen body work so many people. potentially, or they've seen maybe a, a dent gypsy in the parking lot situation, <laughs> or they've seen plungers on YouTube or whatever. Right. But when they see this guy like doing his, like, his craft and then talking about it like he cares about it and like and and showing how much work and effort and brain power and time went into that people when people are fascinated they'll show up they'll pay they'll tell people they'll everything that's why i'm really excited with the shop coming together about having my tool wall because mm-hmm. nothing, all my crazy looking tools, especially some of my finesse tools, sure, yeah. like people Stand look liners. at that and they're like, what the hell yeah. is that? You do, with And then that. you kind of explain what you're doing and what yeah. this one's used for and what this one's used for. And they're like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this is so much more yeah. than I thought it was. And yeah. oh yeah, here's one of my 300 tips for blending. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's one of my 300 tips for pushing. Here's yeah. one of my 300 tips for something. You know, and, then, uh, and then here's why though, too, because people yeah. like, especially the, guy, the guys or girls sometimes too, that'll sit and watch. They genuinely, I, they're curious and nothing that we're doing is, uh, is like difficult to understand. It's just difficult to, to do, to perform. Right. So explaining why you start with a big rubber ball to push on a dent and then go down to like this super sharp tip to finish. They're like, that makes sense. I understand that. And when they can learn about it and be fascinated with it, then they feel like they know something that 99% of the world has no idea. So when their buddies like, Oh, I got a door ding. Like, Oh dude, I know how to do, I know how to fix these. <laughs> right. Like I've seen this guy, Tom over here, like this is what, what he's going to do. And they'll just start selling it. Cause it's like one, they're fascinated with it. And two, they know things that other people don't know. Um, which people, I mean, people like that. They, people like to be in that position. Um, it's educating, yeah. you know, as, as you get people interested, it's just like back in the school if yeah. to, to get kids to learn something, they mm-hmm. have to be interested in it, you know, mm-hmm. fascinated by it. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same here. And as we educate more people, you know, educate more body shops, more retail customers, more uh, insurance adjusters, yeah. <laughs> especially insurance adjusters. Um, but the educating people, and as long as they're open to it, as long as you can grab them, yeah, I mean, you really, it, it, it really triggers them. They are very fascinated by it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on that, and then I want to, I want to move to talking about your shop. But there's a lot of people in this industry. I'm, I'm one of them. I don't know about you, but I know several. I'm not like a car person. Like I didn't grow up like working on cars, buying, selling cars. Like, I, like I like cars. 
I, I like owning them. I like nice vehicles. The, the amount of luxury you can get in a vehicle these days is fucking insane. It like blows my mind. And I think that's really cool and I love it. But when I really, over the last year or two, I really started liking cars is when I became fascinated with them. So like when I look at supercars, I'm like, yeah, McLarens and Lamborghinis, like they're super cool, but like I can never ever imagine myself dropping multiple six figures on a car. I just couldn't do it. But, but when I really learn what goes into making them like, and I learned to get fascinated with the amount of engineering and like design that goes into making these cars 0.1% or 0.1 second faster on a racetrack. Like then I start to get like, "Hmm," like I I see the appeal now because I'm fascinated with it, you know? Um, So that's the last thing I'll say on that. But so you hail journey, that was just a lot of good information. Like aside from like how to run hail and, and now talk about the shop, like just generally in business and life, that's, that's good info. So thanks for, thanks for taking us down that road. But so you went, you went hail, you ended up in South Dakota, you made your way back to Indianapolis, which is where you're from. And just in the last year or maybe less few months, you decided like, okay, my next big leap is going right into a shop. It was something that's been on my mind. So like three years ago, I started having a pushover winner uh, to design my logo, you know, and different things. So like I'd given it off to other people and then for six months, nothing had happened. And and just like, it seemed like every winter on the hail, I was just, you know, with getting screwed by um, different people and different, like, so every year you're like, like questioning whether I should be in this. So like yeah. the, the really highs and the real lows and the, I never found good groups to be with. Mm-hmm. I, I know a bunch of great techs, yeah. but I just never landed on a lot of great stuff. And I wanted to start controlling that, but I just didn't know where to go. So it's like every year I, I, I do a little bit and say, you know, this is where I want to start going, yeah. but I never pulled the trigger. And I talked to other techs about it and they're like, yeah, I really wish things were better with all this stuff too. And just nobody was doing anything about anything. So, but then that March calls and the hailstorm hits and they get in their truck and drive to, they they run and then they bitch about, you know, all these cars are blasted. You know, like the shop across the streets, getting all the good work or the, you know, the the brokers giving all the good work to his guys and giving me all the shit where it's just, this. it's, they, they make it so difficult to Mm -hmm. actually, really love what you're doing it's great money and honestly hail is after you've done it for so long and you know it's like you on door dings you don't have to think about it no. me on door dings and stuff now i'm getting way better yeah. and faster you know i could fix all of them but you know i'm doing much larger stuff and mm-hmm. it just takes time to get that that just smoothness down yeah. but uh the switching over was a long time kind of coming because we have, we all have great ideas and here's how we can make more money and here's what, but we're not focused on anything. So all it is is a bunch of ideas that probably will never happen. And we're still just waiting on a phone call from another tech, from a broker, from a body shop. And it's so stressful to just sit at home and wait on your phone to ring. Cause uh, is my phone working? <laughs> is it, did I miss the phone call? Hey, can babe, I go call me to check crap? to see if my phone rings. <laughs> yeah. It's so stressful. People don't understand how stressful it is if you're not in good groups. And that's what's so promising about, you know, all this new 
everybody getting together and tech meetups and everything and, and making better connections. And when I started, it was stay away from it. Yeah. It was, he told me, don't talk to, don't go to these towns. These towns suck. Don't talk to these people. These are, these guys are assholes. Don't yeah. talk to them and don't do this. And if, if I had just started talking to people and like opening to stuff, who knows where I would have ended up yeah. like in that, in the industry, but it is, it is really about connections and there's nothing better than meeting like-minded people that you can bounce stuff off of, you know, cause nobody really asked anything of anybody. Yeah. You can call somebody up right now. You can call Fetty up right now and say, Hey, what do you think of this? He's like, here's what I would do. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, cool. See you at MTE. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and, and everybody that's, that's, so good. that's going to change. It's going to, at some point it has to, yeah. at some point it will change. I mean, the industry is tiny. If you mm-hmm. want to talk to the person at the top of the industry, it's very yeah. easy. I mean, mo- I, I don't know any of those guys. Uh, you can name them all, Fetty or Bryce Kelly or, or um, oh gosh. I can't. Yeah, like, you can, I mean, any, any of those guys, they're Toledo all available. And, Toledo, yeah, yeah. Fa- Matt Moore. Facebook message them, call them, text yeah. them something. They might not call you back right away, but you'll get to talk to them. Matt and, texts me, right, like he messaged me right back the other day. I was yeah. like, hey, I'm getting a shop. What did you guys do in your shop? Bing. Boom, yeah. Me exactly. right I mean, there's Facebook forums you can join and things like that. But at some point, obviously, um, in like in most industries, like, you know, let's say body shop industry, very similar to ours. Who's at the top of the body shop industry? Let's say someone at the top of Abra, Gerber, Caliber, try to call the CEO or try to call one of those companies. Like, I mean, I haven't tried, but my guess is the response is not as quick as not as, as easy, right? Um, and eventually I think at some point that'll change in this industry as we get bigger and these, you know, people grow larger companies or have a bigger footprint. I hope not, but it might, but anyways, point being is build these relationships now. Don't, don't wait. hundred percent. Um, hundred percent. Don't wait. Don't wait to do that. And again, go back to, it's the relationships like we talked about earlier. It's huge. Um, talk to the people, provide value to them, et cetera. So you're moving into the shop called Matt Moore. That's awesome. He's, he's, he's definitely got some great pointers, um, on opening shops, but how many people, okay. I'll just out of curiosity, a question for me, how many people on the hill trail want to get off the trail and open shops anecdotally? I don't think what? the open the shop thing. Or is just a big stop traveling. I think they want it to be easier. I think a lot of them want to be within four hours of home. That's really kind of four to six hours from home. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they just they want the dishonesty gone. You know, like it's already hard enough being away from home for one to three months, six sure. months. Yeah. Um, I can't. It really, that two month is tough. Yeah. Like. A month, you're, if you're at the beginning of a storm, you're so busy. A month goes by so fast, you don't even know it. You don't, every day blurs. And then by the end of the second month, you're like, this is really getting yeah. <laughs> tiring. By the end of the third month, you're like, I got to I gotta take a break. Yeah, I need a downtime. Um, but a lot of them, a lot of them just want it all way more simplified. Uh, a chunk of them, a lot of Hail guys do not want to do door dings mm-hmm. and do not want to do smash work. Sure. And if you're going to open a shop, you better learn how to do smash work. Because <laughs> yeah. I that's all I'm seeing like slowly. I get the occasional small stuff, but it is all 
big stuff. Sure. Most people don't think it's, oh, I just got a little bit. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, it, that crossover isn't there. You know, like the last hailstorm I went to, I went and helped somebody down in Texas. And I just went down for a week. And I was, I, I popped out my Glexo and some other stuff. And they're like, hey, there's some other stuff. And I was like, if you, if you want to touch it, you know, make it, make it look better. And man, you know, these big dents in the fenders, like bam, bam, just slap yeah. it up, blend it out a little bit. And they, there you go for free. I spent yeah. like eight minutes on it. And they're like, and, Oh my and God. And the value what? provided was like huge, right? Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. if I would have been doing that, you know, before without switching to the big stuff, yeah, I would have sat on it for an hour and it would have looked like crap. <laughs> and so like the value, like you can, you can offer way more value. Okay. So why did now, you, why did you, why did you want to do it then? If, if not, everybody wants to like stop and go to a shop and do smashes and change their whole, you know, the whole, their, their entire kind of life inside the PDR industry. Why did you, or what, what prompted you? What prompted me was multiple things. Like I said, it was years common of thinking of, of really wanting to rely on myself instead of other people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and slowly building it there. And then I got married. So coming off that really crazy hailstorm, made a bunch of money. And then I came back and I got engaged. And then at the beginning of the year, we got married. And then we, uh, we went to MTE on my birthday and our honeymoon and then traveled around for like two weeks for a honeymoon all over the place. And then uh, a month later we come, you know, we came back and then a month later we found out we were pregnant and hmm. that really triggered the, you know, I should probably start thinking about, cause I couldn't imagine this will be my one and only kid. I can't imagine not seeing him for a month, three months, six months. If you're on something crazy, missing I, birthdays, I couldn't missing even imagine sports, missing school. Uh, yeah. The things exactly. you miss would be. Yeah, maybe if I had a second kid, I could, like, one of them miss all of it and then catch it off. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, you know, you're around so many people, and some people really love being a parent, and they're upset when they're on the road. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I hate the fact that I'm away, but when I'm home, I get to be there. Yeah. Like, that was the cool thing about being on the road. When I came back with my, you know, before we got married, it was like, yeah. hey, we'll, we can hang out for three months. Yeah, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I got money. Let's, let's travel somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that was the cool thing. But uh, so we got pregnant and it was really, I had a year that I didn't get to work too much because I was trying to fix stuff here with health care. And, yeah. you know, we had a, a high risk pregnancy and like so much. Jeez. And then, so I got to work barely and i got screwed by two brokers i went off on two to help people and both of them screwed me it was such a crazy thing and them knowing why i was only working for them for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. so super crazy and that just you know kept on nailing it in there like quit trusting these people like Mm -hmm. rely on yourself to do something and i miss having steady friends and you know steady connects it's great meeting new people it's great eating at new restaurants it's great seeing new parts of the america it's really cool doing that but it's not there, there's not a whole lot of feeling in there other mm-hmm. than the instant excitement of hey cool i did this hey i got pictures of that and it's super cool and that's great but where's the real feeling there? 
you know, that when you have the kid pop out and you're married and like the stuff that we took him to see Christmas lights, uh, two miles of driving through a million lights and a light show and the, oh, wow. And the, him being two years old now, the joy right there, mm-hmm. missing that little stuff. I mean, that's what really brings you happy. Like mm-hmm. really, it, it affects you in a different way of than making some extra money or seeing Mount Rushmore, or, you know, like, mm-hmm all this other crap it was that so i didn't want to miss that i wanted to start stuff here and obviously i'm spending a lot of time right now building this so i'm not quite at home but i'm home every night and i'm there every morning to make breakfast and you know that's huge yeah that's the why man right i mean that's that's the part that gets you through all the hard shit (laughs) when you're whether pushing late at night or like i know you're doing right now basically you're more construction worker than you are a dent tech at this point in time getting that shop ready but you have the skills to do it um and uh yeah that's the why that'll keep you going through all that stuff um Mm -hmm. but that's cool so so that's what that kind of gets us up to close to present day you and i connected Mm -hmm. several months ago and you wanted Mm -hmm. to make this transition and I mean, maybe I can go back to, you know, you wish you had someone training you to do dent repair, looking over your shoulder while you make this transition and grow your business. Um, is that why we connected and that why, is that's why we're working together? Cause you could do it on your own. Connected. You know that. It takes so long. So it's like you're saying, so the future of PDR is we can talk to everybody now. And I still think we'll be able to talk to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but you have to be at different levels to talk to people. Fair, fair. In a sense, they're all yeah. super nice people, but they're super busy. Yeah, I mean, try are. to talk to Sal at MTE. You can't fucking talk to Sal. No, he's got two minutes for you. Yeah, <laughs> everybody wants him. And respect to um, him, but that's just the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's your time worth? And you know, like, you know, what is your time worth? Yeah. And that's you have to you have to think about that when you're trying to bug other people for mm-hmm. for information. So I try not to bug too many people all the time um I, yeah so oh, i went off on that one um why, why how do we end up working together um so it's about creating a business versus pushing and how to get there and that's where i was going with that is that it's going to be a, a, a pay to play you can learn and you can learn and you can learn it on your own and it'll take you 10 years or you can actually seek help from real professionals to actually guide you in the right direction to where you can skip ahead in a sense. And I mean, honestly, we're talking because guidance, I grew up playing hockey. I grew up in a big family. I grew up with coaches, you know, I grew up with people kind of guiding me in a direction and it made me great. I was really good at hockey. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about anything else. I had to think about stopping a puck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, you show up to a hailstorm. I don't have to think about anything else. I just have to push a dent. And so starting a business, there's, I didn't do anything out of like being frozen in fear of making the wrong decision. And then a year goes by and then a year goes by and you don't want to make the wrong decision. You don't want to spend all the wrong money and just end up absolutely nowhere. And that's what's so great. And that's why I talk to you. I mean, I talked to, I talked to Fetty and I talked to Bucknell. I talked to a couple of people about like, who is kind of the best match for me? Cause I know there's different coaches out there and, you know, like trainers and, and, and different stuff. And 
it was about meeting up with the right person that can see where I'm at and see what I'm doing and help me move forward in a, the right direction. You know, that, that was my main was just to, to get definite focus. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff to worry about. <laughs> learning social media, learning this, Google this, Building websites, just, writing copy. Yeah, it goes, it, the list goes on. Yeah. And I, and I love that. I love that when we first started working together, you were had like, <laughs> you had note, like just notebooks full. You're like, all right, here's, oh, I want to do this, 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 <laughs> I wanna do this. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, hold on. <laughs> Take Third a breath. Number one. What's the first thing you want to do? Thing. Yeah. Oh man. That's fun times, man. Well, I appreciate that. I, I, I love working with you. I, I, I love to see where you're going and I'm really excited that we're starting the shop together. But, and, and in addition to that, now that people hear your story, I know we talked a little bit about this. Not, there's not, a, not everybody knows who you are. Right. But you want that to an extent because you can help people. I know you can. And if, and if someone, if something in this uh, podcast resonated with you, if you're a hail guy that wants to open up a shop or you're a hail guy that just had a kid and like trying to figure out what the fuck they're supposed to do about being gone all the time. I bet if you message Tom or call Tom or message me to get to Tom or whatever, you will probably spend some time with you. That's my guess. And, um, Absolutely. do it <laughs> because it, he, Tom's got a lot of value provided. He's got a lot of experience in this and he's, I mean, he's going through it right now, you know? Um, so that's awesome. That's a lot right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're excited. So I like to end the podcast just to see where everybody's head is to try to, and this is just a question that I like to ask people because I'm curious, but like, where do you think in your opinion, you see the industry? Where are we going? Did we just start? Are we, are we petering out? Is the amount of text going to ruin retail? Is wholesale good? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Are shops the future? Um, I think shops are the future. I think you're going to start uh, seeing way more shops pop up mm-hmm. and it's about, um, it's about professionalism. If, if we're going to ask you f- to give us $600, let alone $6,000 for a hail car mm-hmm. and we're showing up in a truck with rusty tools mm-hmm. and you know, like, or in a jacked up F two fifty all blinged out with a Rolex on, you know, like it's not professional. And as we are seeing more as professionals, um, I think it'll just, it's about educating people in general. Most people don't know what we are, what we do. So I think we're still at the very beginning of, of paintless dent repair. Yeah. Honestly, I think we're going to start seeing way more shops, way more companies that want to become businesses. And, and it's a whole different feeling. It's a lot tougher, a lot tougher, but um, it feels different. And it feels good when you walk in somewhere and you are, the professional mm-hmm. you are the guy oh i know the guy that can do that for you mm-hmm. and you're looked at as that not just oh it's you know like 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 i kind of feel at dealerships it's like oh that's the dent guys yeah, yeah whatever yeah. they're gonna come bang some stuff out mm-hmm. that's why i love the retail side of it because yeah. people look at you you saved that for them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i really think that shops are the future and the pdr has so much more growth um you know, you see it in the tools, in the glue tabs, and the glue, like all the new stuff that comes out every year. Obviously, we're going to have to, there's going to be a slowdown on that here soon because there's only so many different ways to do it, but there's so many new great, great ways to do stuff mm-hmm. and options. And you don't need 90% of it to do this. 
Yeah. But there's a lot of great new stuff that's helping us get better, helping us fix larger stuff. So we are looked at different from the insurance companies. So it's, it's, it's and, at the and very faster beat. too. Again, it comes down to speed, hire the trainer to oh, teach you to dance, hire huge. the coach to get you there faster get the tools that make you fix dance. Fa- like, I mean, honestly, like I, I'm not a big tool guy. I don't have like, I don't have tens of thousands of dollars worth of tools, but when I see a tool, like, I will say like, okay, I see these new tools. That's awesome. And then I'll put myself in a couple situations. I'm like, okay, that tool would have saved me so much time. I'm going to save me an hour. And right, I'm going to buy a tool for 200 bucks, 400 bucks. And it's going to save me like an hour a week. I mean, it's, it's almost a no brainer. So I'm doing spending money on improving yourself or improving your situation to increase the speed at which you get somewhere. I'm all for that. It increases your value hundred yeah. percent. I'm a tool guy. I'm a tool freak. Uh, not as crazy as others, but man, like I pick up, uh, John's, uh, Vadin's, the Reaper. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, it took me a while. I had a, a big list of tools that said, as soon as I open a shop, yeah, as soon yeah. as I start doing these big dents, I got to spend two or three grand getting just these getting things, these, yeah. these tools. Sure. And man, I have been using the crap out of the Reaper rod to get into just weirdest spots. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to the podcast podcast I did with John? I did. Okay. John is the most fun guy to go drinking with. (laughs) The stories. He is. He's a good dude. He is awesome. Yeah. We spent a couple hours on the phone together now, but um, he developed that tool because he does whole, he does did wholesale all day, every day. And he would have three different tools that he'd carry with him. One for this, one for under the braids, one for the sharp. And so he created one that was all of the three combined. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's probably why you you use it or you want it in those situations because it was made specifically for that. And that's the cool part about our industry too. It's so many so many techs making tools, which is great. Now, now, now. But ten yeah. years ago, yeah. it, it was yeah. like everybody was just using the same crap, and then yeah. it was like, hey, let's make a gangrene tab that is just smooth. Yeah. Wait a minute, this pulls. So you can't tell me that over all these years of glue tabs being created and made that somebody just didn't make a perfectly flat glue tab that pulled like a freaking freight train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it takes text. It takes text, a collaboration. It takes people yeah. thinking like, Oh, what do I want to see in the end? Like, what do I want to say? I'm not, there's a tool company that just creates tools with different bends and, and tips and stuff. Right. But when you're actually out in the field, that's makes a big difference. I think that's, what's cool about our industry now that we have, if, I mean, most of the companies either were techs or are techs as well. Like John also is a tech full time. And, and in addition to that, even if they're not, they're, they're utilizing techs to, you know, test their products or, Hey, try this in the real life and see if it's good or how could I fix it? Right. Right. That's what the guys like Daniel Grom and the PR tool time, all those guys before like, Hey, here's the tool. Tell me how I can make it better for you. Yeah. Right, because I don't push on dents. It's it's yeah. pretty cool. Well, hey, a lot of people man. are way less scared now yeah. to actually put themselves out there. So that's that's what's really great to see too. I agree. I agree for sure. Well, fun conversation. I'm sure we helped a lot of people. Um, again, reach out to me or Tom if you have any questions about uh, starting a shop or or you know how I can help you with coaching or how Tom can help you give you. From, some perspective on his life now versus what it was, uh, you know, chasing those storms, um, or anything, but if you have anything else to say before we, we head out, man, let me hear it. Oh man. I think we covered most of it. It's just trust yourself and don't wait 10 years 
to make a move. If, if you want to actually create something, create it, figure out a way to create it. Talk to the people in the industry. If you have a tool idea, if you want to do something, talk to people and get some advice and then pull the trigger, make a decision. Don't, don't do what I did and wait, you know, six, eight years to start doing what you want to do. Yeah. Amen, that's, dude. That's what I'd say. Good stuff. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.